This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins on the other side. And Evan... But eventful uh, week when it comes to Michigan and Michigan State sports, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, and huh, let's start with a little basketball first, and we'll finish this thing off with some football. Basketball, both teams are terrible. All right, now on to football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, watching that and then both games, I'm talking about Michigan State against Wisconsin and Michigan against uh, Penn State. But then flipping over to watch Purdue and Illinois, and I'm like, they're so far away from those teams, even at their best. Yeah. I Purdue, mean, especially Purdue. They're special this year, aren't they? I think people are now seeing what I'm saying. If I'm if I'm the Pistons, with my pick, I'm taking Jaden Ivey. I'm going to pair him up with Kay Cunningham. You now have an NBA backcourt. And you have an athletic kid. I mean, Ivey, I mean, Michigan fans know it. I mean, when he goes to the rim, he attacks it yeah and he's not taking any prisoners he's looking to put you on a poster it's so impressive what they're doing and i don't know if i mentioned this to you last time but i mean it's always seemed like when purdue had a big they didn't have a guard or -hmm. when they had a guard they didn't have an elite big and this year they have them both and they're scary man they are and yeah i think that in the end, it's going to be their conference unless they just do something stupid or or somebody gets hurt. Yeah, somebody gets hurt. But Michigan State last night in their game, they lose to Wisconsin. They never had the lead at all. I think I read it was the first time since 2013 that they didn't have a lead at Spar- or at the Breslin. Yeah, it went wire to wire. You know, when you play Wisconsin, Wisconsin makes you look ugly. Yeah. And and this, the game started off that way. MSU was down two, down four, down six. They chipped it back. You know, they 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 were never out of it. It was it was the it was so tantalizing because they were always just on the cusp. And, but saying that, and they were never really in it. If if you know it, what I mean, right? Like, it was it, it was Chucky the ultimate tease. Hit what three backbreakers on them? Yeah. They had Johnny Davis, the step back where he went between his legs, step back and hit a three. I was like, oh my goodness. And by the way, was that? The most silent 25 points you've ever seen out of him? No, because at the end, he took the game over. That is true. At, at the end, he did what you would, wanted some Spartan to do. And you knew he was going to get the ball. He was going to take the shot. And there was nothing that you could do to stop it. No. You could double team him. They try switching guys on him. Through that drive he had on Christie at the end of the game where Bingham was right there too, and he just kept him on his left hip, and it's – you know, that's like where you watch those basketball instructional videos and that's what they tell you to do. And you're like, yeah. we could never keep it. And it was so picture perfect. It was. And I mean, he was like Superman. He's like, oh, number five jersey gets ripped. Give me 51. I'll go in and end it like this. And that's I was like, wait, he has a brother? on the team, Right, because all of a sudden they're like Davis. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know he had a brother on the team. And I thought they were just emptying the bench. Oh, you were there so you didn't see it. Yeah, Bingham, when they were boxing out, just 
grabbed hold of that jersey, and when he moved, it just ripped it. Oh, because then, then at the end of the game, I'm like, why are they interviewing his brother? And then I was like, <laughs> oh, he must have traded out jerseys. But, yeah, it was just – it was weird because you hear it. It's like, oh, okay, because it happens sometimes. You have a lesser talented yeah, brother. Yeah, you're like, wait, you waited all the way for this? Right. Because <laughs> – Dude, I mean, but I don't get me wrong. Michigan State did still once again beat themselves. Stupid turnovers. Wow. The point guard play was very poor again by both Tyson Walker. It's like he's so confusing and such an enigma. Tyson Walker is so in his head right now. Right, he he hasn't turned that freshman corner, meaning every freshman point guard that comes to Michigan State, and I know he came from another school, but every freshman point guard hits that moment when they realize I just got to be the point guard Tom Izzo's going to yell at me and I can't be perfect I just have to do my job like Tyson Walker is still out there trying to get Tom's approval and you see right. him trying to exp- every time he does something stupid and Izzo's yelling at him he's trying to explain what happened it's like yeah it, it, it's like you showing up late someplace, I don't really want to hear about the traffic. You know what? I'm mad. I'm pissed. Evan, you were late, and now we move on. I don't need you pulling up a map, and if you look at this accident, no one cares right now. And Tyson has to realize no one cares. Your job is to go out there and facilitate this team and not overthink this thing and just play within yourself. Like There's glimpses where he does, he's got the talent. That when he stops thinking, he's a lot like Joey Hauser. Yeah, he can be natural. When they're not thinking, man, they can be very fluid and hit big shots. He can drive to the basket and take anybody. But when he's thinking, he pump fakes, he hesitates, he doesn't want to make mistakes, but not making mistakes makes you hesitant, which then gets you yelled at. Yeah, if I if I didn't want to piss myself off later today, I would go rewatch that game. And what bothered me the most, people can talk about minutes that were given out to certain players, so on and so forth. Why the hell do they keep dribbling themselves into the middle of the lane and just picking up their dribble, getting themselves trapped, and then they have to reset whatever they're trying to do over again? It's not only Walker. It's not Hogarth. It's every player. Like Early in that game, Max Christie was like, I'm going to take it to the hole. Listen, he didn't make it, but keep going with that at least, yeah, they right? Yeah, they were so afraid that Wisconsin was going to block their shots. And I know Wisconsin has a lot of big men, but, yeah, you, you can't be afraid because either you're going to make it, you're going to get fouled, or you're going to miss it. They but, dribble themselves check this into out. problems so many times. You got a 66% chance of something positive happening for you if you go to the hole. Right. That's great odds. That's better odds than you'll get anything in Vegas. You drive to the hole, either you make it, you get fouled, or you miss it. But two of those three things are beneficial to you. Yeah, if you gave me any game that I had 66% chance to win, I'm going to hammer that game, right? Right, and you're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over. MSU didn't. This may be the most un-Michigan State team that I've seen. And, you know, Costa and Rieger all year long have been saying, oh, you guys will be fine. You'll make the Final Four. And I'm like, guys, it's now, yeah, they're winning games and they're ranked. But this is not a good team. No. And this and I think it's because if you have siblings, older siblings, and you go to high school, all the teachers that your older sibling have are gonna kind of base who you are off of your siblings. hundred percent. Same with this Michigan State team. And it dawned on me last night as I'm driving back from the game. 
We're basing this team off of past Michigan State teams. We're basing the point guard play after Cassius and other point guards that they have. We don't have that. Evan, this may be the most un-Michigan State team I've ever seen under Tom Izzo. And I'll say this. When's the last time you had a Michigan State team? Because we've seen teams that turn the ball over. That's nothing Yeah, I mean, that's been the last seven years. But when was the last time you saw a Michigan State team that couldn't rebound? I mean. And it's poor. When when your best two rebounders, you want to know who they are, in my opinion? I'm going to guess Joey Hauser's one of them. Because he's always rushing the basket. Joey Hauser, glad you said that, he attacks the basket. Um. The other one might be, I mean, I, like I feel like Hogard goes after those two, but Jay Nakins. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not a big. Jay Nakins. He Jay, flies in too. Jay Nakins, Jaden, and 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 Hauser attack the basket. Jaden's tough. But man. when you watch the other guys, they wait for the ball to come to them. Marble now, especially. It's the difference between, and then they go up with one hand instead of securing the ball with two. It's almost like they're going for style points and instead of just grabbing him. And you see that on their dunks as well, whether it's marble, whether it's Bingham, you know, instead of grabbing it with two hands and flushing it down, they're trying to do the one hand mm-hmm. thing to make the sports center highlight. I don't know, or BTN or whatever. But when I look at it, it's the difference like in football between a good receiver and a great receiver. A great receiver attacks the ball. They go to it. They don't let it come to them. You're right. The good ones, they wait for the ball to come to them and try to cradle it in and body catch it. The great ones use their hands and they snatch it out the air. You don't see that with the rebound. Like, MSU couldn't get a rebound. When it was 43, I think 40, when they were down by like three and one point, they had two opportunities. Wisconsin misses the ball. And they couldn't secure the rebound, goes out of bounds. Well, that happened on multiple occasions late in the game. No, no, right. But it was a time when it was, when it, I think, yeah, I think it was around the time, I think they were down one or down three. And they had five opportunities to take the lead. And if best case scenario, everything falls, they probably take like a six to not six to seven point lead. They go for the rebound, goes out of bounds, one handed it. Whatever, Wisconsin gets it back, hit a three. Same thing, Wisconsin gets it back, hit a two. Yeah, that's when Chucky Hepburn all of a sudden was like, I'm not playing like a freshman anymore. It it's it was they you're not seeing that same MSU toughness. No. Like And that's what I'm saying. It's this isn't a Michigan State team that you're used to seeing. This is this is the most un Michigan State team because yeah, take away the turnovers because all MSU teams turn the ball over. That's a staple, but it's also a staple of defense and rebounding. Hundred percent, and that's why you can get away with it because you're going to get those defensive right. rebounds. And you're I mean, it get used to be to the, it used to be to the point that teams conceded the rebound. I remember John Beeline would wouldn't send anybody to the glass because he's like Michigan State's going to get the rebound anyway. So rather than waste time, let's get back because transition is their other thing. They're not really able to generate transition. Teams are going to bog them down and say, no, we're going to make you grind it out like you did last night because we don't think your offense is good enough. You pointed out they get into the lane and they stall. And they just they don't move the ball well. They don't find the open shots. And I'm sorry. And maybe this is one of those. Maybe it's like in the Olympics since it's going on like curling. Looks easy to do, but it's not. But it's just like you're pushing a rock on some ice with a broom. I'm not understanding why this team has so much problems 
throwing a, a, an alley-oop to the other team, I mean, oh, to their teammates. When they throw alley-oops, they just chuck them. I mean, it looks like T-shirt toss. It looks like Carlton in the Fresh Prince when he shoots that half-court shot at the yeah. end. Just, uh, oh, I mean, you might, as, right, this might, you might as well sign the ball and just throw it into the stands oh. because it's, and it's, it's the simple things and it's the little things that MSU normally does that they're not doing, and you're seeing that in all of these close games. In close games, you know, Malik Hall is the only one who says, just give me the damn ball, I'll take it. Because nobody else wants to shoot it. And, you know, he's good. He's not great. You kind of hold your breath when he does his moves. Absolutely. Because he's a he's a walking charge turnover waiting to happen. But he got pissed off last night. Uh, Wall just kind of got under his skin. You saw the dunks that he had. He had to stare down afterwards. But other guys, it, they're, they're hesitant. They're tentative. They're, I mean, it's, it's almost like they're, Nobody wants to be that guy. I mean, even late last night, they're down by eight points with a minute something to go. And instead of just somebody getting the ball and shooting it, they're passing the ball around. It's like, what, guys, there's no sense of urgency. There's a lot that's missing. Izzo came out and was like, you know, this is just all on me. I, I can't blame these guys. And it's like, yeah, you recruited these guys. You brought these guys in. And for some reason, that, that thing's not clicking. I mean, they are... I, I don't know what they are, but they, they they wear Michigan State on the front of the jersey, but they don't seem like a Michigan State team. They're an okay team that well, – because you, you mentioned the hustle and stuff, and so I'm trying to think of past games. Early on in the year, I think they, they just out-toughed teams, but then they got in their own head and thought that that was naturally going to happen. And then you saw it against Wisconsin at Wisconsin, but they were hitting all their shots, so it does make everything look better. But really, Michigan well, and, is, and Wisconsin was out Tyler Wall. Yeah, so that was a big thing. So let's and the game against Michigan, they really hustled and they got after the ball. But what is it going to take to get that hatred in your heart for every single game to get up for that? Because you need the aggression, and then and that's not there. No, and I and I thought they had it when like, they started off. And Hogard, Christi- right? You see, in Hogard, and and you know he's you know when t- in crunch time. He's a turnover waiting to happen. It's like you can't dribble between three people. No. It's physics, son. And it also, it's not on you to do that. That's right. not your position. Your position, if you got one-on-one or, or a mismatch with a screen, then, then yeah, go take it to the rim because you're quicker than most big guys or but most he, guys that are defending you. But, but he needs to realize he's not Russ Westbrook. He's no. not as quick as he thinks he is. When he gets into traffic, it's... And that's what gets him in trouble is he thinks that, oh, I can blow... Tyson Walker can do that. You're not as fast as Tyson. Yeah, and you get in the lane and they just wait for you and clog you up, and then now you're there, and now you're in no man's land, hoping that somebody can come bail you out. And more so you times can pass than none, he drags that pivot foot, and it's a travel. And or then whatever. he gives the Tayshawn Prince look like, huh, what? It's like, you know, Julius Marble and and the moving screen. It's like, yeah, you threw your hip into him. And that's another thing. Like, I. <laughs> Okay, I'm not a coach. I'm never going to be a coach like Izzo or anybody on his staff. But when I see that, that in football is essentially just dropping the ball as a running back, right? You can't make no, that you know mistake. What that to me and if is, you're making those mistakes, then you can't play, right? See, that's it's for, see, I look at that. That's like a false start. You know the play. You know the timing. You know when we're going to snap it. 
why did you jump offside and, and, and cause us a penalty? Sometimes it is on the point guard leaving before the screen gets there, but also then get there. Right. If, if the point guard's not there, don't throw because now you're targeted. People are waiting for you to do that move, and you're going to get called every time. And, and he tries that wide base, and so many times does he get them with his knee or his thigh. Yeah, and, and when you see the replay, it's like, yeah, he leans into it. And the second you lean, you're not getting that call. I always have such a problem like criticizing these kids and coaches and all that because obviously I'm talking about it and not doing it. But I feel like I've watched a lot of basketball in my 38 years of life, and I – I it there's just errors like you said that are unforced that are necessary. Mm-hmm. And when you see that moving screen, it's like what do we have to do and, to and tell just, you to not do this? And that's what I'm saying. You it's the moving screen, it's the rebounding with one hand and losing it. It's the little things that used to be Michigan State basketball. Staples. They're not doing. Yeah, it's it's very and weird. They're not getting after the ball in, in look, a lot of games. Yeah, when you look at the close games that they've had, did you really feel good about any of them, even the ones that they won? No, I always said, you know, it, it, it's the March mentality where you say survive in advance, and I always feel that within a Big Ten season. They're more like hope in advance. They really are because, like you said, if you have 15 turnovers, they were over to – they were able to overcome with good defense and rebounding. When you're not rebounding, they still, I think they play pretty good defense up until that ball gets shot, right? I think Max Christie, as a freshman, to be on their best player is super impressive to me. But I also wonder if a kid like that who hadn't played competition like this every game, game in and game out, that is he spending too much energy on the defensive side and that's why he's lacking over the last couple games on the offensive side. See, I think for Christie, and it goes back to earlier in the year, it's a, it's a personality thing. And I don't – He kind of looks – Like Christie is the type that could take the game over. Yes, he has every intention. And he does that, but it's almost like, yeah, I don't want to really ruffle the feathers around here. I'm the new guy. I mean, look how long it took Aaron Henry to finally just say, you know what? Four years. I'm the guy. And I'm okay being the guy. And you have to be okay with that. I mean, and, and, and not everybody can handle it because your te- that team is waiting for somebody to say, I'm the guy. Now, Malik Hall is, I think, doing it by default. Sure, but. he's I'm a captain, and this is what captains do. Because if, if none, of you, if none of you SOBs are going to do this, I'll do it. So can't you use some of your connections and call Miles Bridges today? Say, hey, Miles, what's up? Well, he said the former players keep calling him. and to I, Christy says that? No, no, Izzo. Okay, well, call Christy, Miles, because Miles was that dude when he came in here. Yeah, he but, was that I mean, Miles has kind of got a day job right now. I understand that, but he loves the university. Right, he wants to see him succeed. Got a, hey, hold okay, on. Okay, you know hold what? On, call him during on, the All-Star hey, break. Hey, coach, He's not quick, playing there. Quick timeout. i got to place his phone call. Hey, <laughs> All-Star break. He's not playing there. He got snubbed. Take You're that right. time and make a five-minute call and say, Max, this is what's up, man. Nah, the one that, I, I mean, and I know he's got a lot of free time. I, dude, I'd bring in Mateen Cleaves, work with the point guards. Here's how you throw an alley-oop. Because here's the thing. They chalk them, dude. <laughs> I'm watching the games. Other teams realize Michigan State doesn't do that anymore. The back door is open a lot. Oh, big time. And especially with Gabe Brown. Because all he does is literally run from baseline the, to baseline. The corner to corner. Yeah. On the baseline, you catch him, catch him as he's going, throw it right up, 
Boom. You just got to throw it. You can throw it to the top of the square, and Gabe can go get right, that. Right, but that's just it. Stop throwing it to the top of the square. Make it easy. Well, get they're not it. even hitting. They're hitting the top of the backboard. Right. It's the top like of just, the square. just throw it to the rim, off to the side of the rim, let the guy hand grab it, and throw it down. Make it simple for him. Well, I mean, they better get their crap together because who do they got coming up? I mean, this is where they this- got Indiana, who was shorthanded. Indiana's got five players suspended. I don't know if they. Oof. That's not good, and that game is Saturday. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be available. They had, they had a, a bunch of players suspended for the game against Northwestern that they lost. Okay, and, I mean, they're at home. I mean, their tough games are coming up, are at home. So, I mean, you got Illinois coming up at home. you got Purdue coming up at home. You're, you're on the road for Iowa and Penn State. So, I mean, you hope that you can right the ship, but – if, I don't they know. Could, if they can somehow do the little things, then I think they'll look more like MSU basketball. So we'll have to see. The other game last night was Michigan on Penn State. And Michigan, you know, Michigan wins the game. And then it, it looks so weird because they made 17 baskets. Um, so you think scoring... 23 and 24 points in the second half isn't good basketball. No, no. This was, it was bad. It was bad basketball across the board, but Michigan won. Uh, By shooting, did you see what they shot? 31% for the game. That's a one for four from, this is their starters. This is their stat lines. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Diabate, one of four, 28 minutes. Houston, one of four, 32 minutes. Jones, two of nine. 33 minutes. Eli Brooks, 4 of 9, 37 minutes. And then the capper of them all. In 34 minutes, Hunter Dickinson went 6 of 20. Yeah. The last night's game for Michigan was survive in advance. And they did just enough to be – they were getting blown out. They were down by double digits. In the first half. In the first half. And then all of a sudden, it just became a rock fight. They struggled. They hit their free throws late. They did what they had to do. It was not pretty. They were missing shots. They needed every point that Hunter Dickinson gave them. It was, I mean, it was impressive to see because, I mean, he was it for them. And I know you were driving back, so I had more of a liberty to watch the game. But I'm listening to it in the car, like that geez. big dude, 21 for Penn State. Let me, I have to look up his name, but he played them pretty, pretty well. But Hera, yeah, I mean, Hunter, I'm sorry, but. Shooting four threes is probably three too many for me if I'm that coach. When he's hitting him. When he, Hunter's hitting him, and you saw against Purdue. Yeah, but he has to be wide open. He was taking contested shots last Yeah, night. that's not necessarily his forte. No, and I understand, yes, he, he had 15 rebounds, and he is the reason that they won 100%. But you, you escape that game shooting 31%, 23% from three, which we've known has been their struggle all year long, has been behind the arc. But they have a bear staring at them coming Thursday night. Yeah, it's going to be the rematch game with Purdue. Jay Nivey's coming into town. This was a COVID game. They got rescheduled. Uh, but if you're Michigan, hey, they count one. It's you, in front you, of you. Michigan, I said it before, if they want to make the tournament, they can't lose. They can only lose two more games this year. They got to be like Michigan or they State run, was at the end of last yeah, year. Yeah, or they got to run. They got to run the tournament come March, and I don't think that's what you want to do because chances are they're going to be playing at least 
four games to do that in a row. Well, they're playing what four and seven days here, right? But I'm saying, to, oh to, yeah, to run it then because you're going to probably end up playing on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep, it's a lot to ask your guys. It's a lot for a team that's not that deep to to try to to no. go that far. Michigan, if you want to make the tournament, Thursday's game it's huge. It's a must it's, win. It's, it's monumental because that's. Well, That's yeah, exactly. and then they got Ohio State on Saturday at their barn. Still, it's home. But Ohio State and E.J. Liddell, and I believe Michigan's punked Ohio State so many times in, in the past few years. I mean, they got to get up. And I mean, I, and then they play Iowa and Wisconsin. I mean, they have everything in front of them to make the tournament. But like you said, you got to rip off as many wins as you can get. And, and even two losses might be too, too many. You know what I mean? Because... Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see because then they finish their march with Michigan State, Iowa, and Ohio State, and that's not an easy three-game stretch that you're going to go Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Right. You know so, what I mean? It's it's it is going to be it's going to be a long ride if you're a Wolverine basketball fan. Buckle up because all the games you need are in front of you. They are. You just have to win them. MSU did it last year. They were this time last year. They were not going to the tournament. Oh no, we were doing this podcast and we we're like, this might be it. And and we literally talked about, do you guys want to be the players that are the ones to end that streak? Right. And then that's when Aaron Henry was like, Nah, that ain't going to be me. So yeah, and I, you know, Michigan State basketball, they're in the middle of their annual February swoon. God, they normally lose three in a row. So we'll see what happens on at home at three thirty with Indiana. We'll have to wait and see. Now. Onto a little bit of football. So, and a little bit of breaking news that happened during the taping of this podcast. This wasn't even on the agenda. Oh, it happened not after the podcast like they normally do? It normally does happen, (laughs) but it happened in the middle of the podcast. Michigan has done something that a lot of people have been waiting for. They have partnered with INFLCR. And they've opened up the Victor's Local Exchange Program to the public to expand its ongoing name, image, and likeness program for student-athletes. Basically, uh, from what I'm reading, it sounds like what Michigan State did, where they're almost playing matchmaker. If you have a business, they'll try to find the athlete to you, to match your business oh. so that you can go through NIL. That's actually pretty darn cool. Yeah, so this is one of those that, yeah, they're going through the local businesses and all, Michigan's offering, well, they're expanding their NIL so that their custom design, uh, it's a business registry, custom design for businesses, donors, alums, and other interested NIL dollars wishing to connect specifically with student-athletes at the University of Michigan. Registered companies can search, filter, and initiate conversations with your student-athletes to discuss an NIL deal. Once the deal between the registered business and student-athlete is completed, the business will use the Victor's Exchange to create a transaction that directly pays the student-athlete without any transaction fee. An automated disclosure to the INFLCR verified compliance ledger. Okay, so let me just ask a question because maybe... So bottom the- line is Evan Jenkins runs Ann Arbor Cadillac Dealer and they'll go in and say, who wants a Cadillac? And you basically say, hey, you know what? I'd like to get uh, either JJ or Cade or in, in one of my Cadillacs. And they go through and say, OK, you know what? Which one do you want? Uh, give me Cade McNamara. Cade, Cadillac dealer wants to work with you. You good with that? Yeah. All right. 
You two call each other, hammer out a deal, send it back to us, and we'll make sure that uh, K gets paid. So no fee. Is that the loophole then? Because the question I was going to ask, you might have explained it there. I didn't think the school could help you get NIL School deals. can't. So this for, is a matchmaker type. MSU has done something. They, they did something similar about a month ago. So it's an indirect way the school We're can the middleman. We're going to set this up. Because that's how you said you call them to make right. the deal. Okay, right. so that's like a loophole right. if the school is not helping. Yes. Michigan can't promise Evan Jenkins, star quarterback, an NIL deal. What Michigan can do is say, Evan Jenkins, you come in here, you put your name in our registry, and if somebody sees that and wants to to hook up with you, sure, fine. okay. Well, think of it like a dating app. Yeah, that's exactly what and, it is. And the University of Michigan and Michigan State, they're running the app. Or, or it's like just going to any store online where you're like, okay, I like that, or right. yeah, I like that, and so that's essentially what it is. Yeah, is but they're they, uploading their they, company. They're running the app. Yes, and you go on the app. And you pick each other, but I, I'm I'm not hooking you guys. All up. you're doing is giving the app. I'm just saying, hey, yep. this girl's available. She's this is her picture. You think she's cute? Click on her. Talk to her. Yeah. Set up a date. Because I saw over the weekend, JJ signed with like a Chevy dealer. I don't know if it's Chevy or what, but he signed with a car dealership where he's the official quarterback of that dealership. And then I saw Blake Corum signed with like a chocolate company. I mean that. That's what I like to see out of NIL are these small businesses or car dealerships. We talked about that from the very get-go, that car dealer. It was a slam dunk for them, right? Right. I mean. You got Jane Reed's in a car. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Give them a car. They're tooling around. good for them. I mean, you you knew Michigan was going to come around and do something eventually, and they like to dot their I's and cross their T's more than others. So I I understand that it took time, but it's good to see. I mean, you you want these kids to succeed financially as well as on the field. Well, I don't want them to succeed on the field, but I do want them to become good people and, and to succeed and not have to worry about. Like, I do worry about some of the kids, and, and I see that uh, UWM has done this with a lot of Michigan State athletes, but there's some kids that are walk-ons there that are really busting their ass to pay for school, do school, go mm-hmm. to practice, wash, rinse, and repeat. Right. And those are the kids I'm glad to see that they're getting 500 bucks. At the end of the day, is J.J. McCarthy going to be taken care of? Yes. Yeah. Right? More so than the walk-on. But this is... But uh, it's awesome to see. This is another way that Michigan can kind of get back into the, the NIL game. But Jimbo Fisher's all pissed off about it. <laughs> yeah. and uh, But that's yeah. good. And, and they also have news on the football field, too. Yeah, speaking of Michigan, they went out there and they have locked up their new defensive coordinator. His name is escaping me right now. Is it Jesse Minter? Yeah, Minter. He's the D.C. from Vanderbilt. <clears throat> now, when you look at his numbers, they're not impressive. He no, was at not Vanderbilt with Vanderbilt. One it was year. awful. I think Vanderbilt was ranked 118th overall in defense. That's not good. Mm-hmm. You want to be as close to single digits as possible. I think Michigan was a top 10 team last year. Now, you can flip a defense around because Michigan was 90th in defense, and then Mike McDonald came in last year and made them, I think, ended up, I think they were ninth or eighth or ninth total. total. Mentor coming in is basically, he's coming because he also came from that Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens system. trees in the system, and you're hoping that he can continue 
and basically follow along and do exactly what Mike McDonald did so that the continuity is there. So late in the game, it will be very difficult to bring in somebody new, very difficult to start a whole new defense because spring ball is about to happen in a, probably a week or two because Michigan spring game is April 1st. So that means, yeah, they're about to hit spring ball uh, probably at the beginning of March or maybe even yeah. the last week of February, they're going to do that. Um, still waiting to see what's going to go on with the offensive coordinator position. Seems like they're promoting within. But it looks like it's going to be Matt Weiss or Matt Weiss. I would pronounce it Weiss, but I don't know. Matt Weiss, and you know he's going to be the co-coordinator. With Sharon Moore. With Sharon Moore, who's the offensive line coach. From what was explained to me, it's more of a Moore's gonna. It's what they did a few years ago, where Moore's gonna call the run play every play. Moore calls a run play. Weiss calls a passing play, and then Harbaugh plays mental tech mobile and chooses the play. God. So over his head is like the chart. Yeah. Like in tech mode, where you had the four plays, or even Madden now. The, yeah, and you got. I always choose do it. coach suggestion myself. So you got to <laughs> choose the play of what to do. So. so Okay, so I have a question about this, and people might call me a hater or whatever, but I'm just questioning it as a football fan. Why go outside and get a defensive coordinator? What I mean by that, yes, I get he runs a similar scheme. They promote it within for the offense, but not the defense. Is that weird? Is that a slap in the face to the other coaches that are there defensively? It kind of is because... It's saying that you're not really – how can I put this? You you don't think that they're ready. Well, and he, okay, so here's my follow-up to that. Does that also point that maybe Jim Harbaugh was their offense, even with Jess, Josh Gaddis there? I think everybody knew that. Okay, but that just kind of confirms it, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I don't need an offense coordinator. I call the plays anyway. I think everybody knew that because – No, I, I do think, you know, Josh Gaddis put in – some really good plays for Michigan. I don't. See, I don't think that that pass from Edwards to Wilson in the Big right, Ten title I, game. Comes. Josh, Josh Gaddis wasn't calling. I, we'll see when he goes to Miami, but I don't think Josh Gaddis was calling sixty percent run plays. That's not speed and space. That's not what he sold us. So, especially through the tackles, like you know, maybe a little bit with the option or around the edge, you would buy that, right? Yeah. With with Corum or whatever. But and it was a little disappointing to see how Michigan fans. Just cannibalize him the second he left. What are you talking guys. about Rico? That's what happens every right, last but it, time. This a week, days before he was going to be the guy, and then Harbaugh doesn't get the job, comes back hat in hand, and now he's a bum. He never did anything in the first place. It's like, come on, he's getting double his salary, and yeah, even on a bad day, you're still in Florida. Well, and here's my thing with it too: is that. Listen, what I get for Michigan fans, I don't hang out with a ton of Michigan fans on a daily basis. I have a group that loves them, but one of them absolutely loves Michigan. We'll always see it with rose-colored glasses. I think the other one's kind of like a Valenny where he gets upset no matter what. So that's hard. But judging by Twitter, which is, I know, a fake world, and the calls that we got, fans, the moment that it was rumored that Harbaugh was going to go to the Vikings, good, we want Gaddis anyway. Right. Get him out of here. Gaddis is the next guy. Hire him or, like, Mike Hart, which I was like, yeah, that's yeah, going to be a that, horrible, man. horrible choice to first-time head coach that hasn't ever been a coordinator. Anyway, um, but my whole thing, it, it's just 
Why bag on him because he chose to go somewhere else? Because that's what people do. But it's just so lame, in my opinion. You now, wanted him last week, and this week, he, he didn't do anything on offense anyway. Speed and space. Ha! Come Dude, he just helped you to a Big Ten title, and yeah. now you're going to crap on the guy? They didn't crap on Mike McDonald, did they? No, they didn't. He left, and it was like – because, but at that That's time – That's an NFL job. It was an NFL job, and they thought Harbaugh was gone, and we're going to go through some transition anyway, so this is a, another reason why Harbaugh is gone. Now, the person who be interested to see what happens is – well, uh, Angelique Shingelis talked about Mike Hart with NFL interest, but Steve Klingsdale, the run, defensive backs coach – Part of his contract was he was supposedly not promised, but he's supposed to get looked at to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if he's going to become like the offense where they have a co-DC, and he's going to share this with uh, Jesse Minter coming in, or did they just bypass him altogether? Now let me ask you this, because you said it before, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one, right? Mm Mm-hmm. If you have two coordinators, do you not have one? It, you it just seems weird to me because, because here's the thing: too many cooks in the kitchen at one point, right? I always because State did that, and I remember uh, they. It was like uh, uh, I forgot the, the who's the guy everybody hates now. Dave Warner. Dave Warner. Warner. It was him and the O line coach, but Warner was the one who always came into the press conferences, and I'm like, he's the one taking the bullets. That's the OC. Whoever's the guy that takes the bullets is the real offense and defensive coordinator. Because, yeah, you can't. Yeah, it was always Warner that came into those press yeah, conferences. Yeah, it was always. Warner. Or and, and then Mike Trussell on defense, even though I know that was a shared responsibility. Those are the ones who fall. Those are the ones who are taking all the bullets. So, yeah, those are the ones that I say, I'm not really um, buying that. And also, I mean, and who am I to doubt going into the season because. Going into last season, I thought they were going to be not so good. And boy, did they surprise me in every aspect and just the way that they controlled football games. Yeah, they did. And so who am I to doubt? I mean, I know that the defense has lost quite a few players. I mean, replacing two first-round defensive ends is a, is a tough task. Man, you're replacing a lot. Having defense. said that, I mean, David Ajabo, like, we didn't know about him going into the year. You know what I mean? Nobody talked about him right. going into the year like he was going to be an NFL kid. So maybe there's another one that's sitting there. I mean, when Hinton left and Vincent Gray left, and now you're going to have a true freshman corner out there in Will Johnson, which – Listen, five star is awesome, but going from Gross Point to the Big Ten is going to be a big deal. Yeah, you you believe that, man? <laughs> I mean, it just is, and I mean, listen, cornerbacks, and you know this probably better than I do, but when they go to camps, it's seven on seven. It's really not much contact, right? There's right. not pads. It's those funky little helmets they're wearing. So that's more practicing technique, I would say, than actual. Am I well, right? What with happens? That? Yeah, when you come up against Big Ten speed. And you got to do this every down. And, and I'm sure yeah. he's going to be a good player. I'm just saying, any freshman that comes in, there's an adjustment period. Yeah. So, I, yeah, will you there's be able different to route that? trees that you'll ever, you're never going to see what you see in the Big Ten in the Macomb Area Conference. I'm so. sorry. You're just not. All right. So, I want to get to Michigan State football. Uh, Michigan State picks up a quarterback. Boo! Bo Edmondson. He's from uh, Austin, Texas, Lake Travis High School, 6'2. Like 200 pounds, comes from a program that <clears throat> puts out 
quarterbacks. Any, you know, a lot of Texas schools do that. Did you know Matthew Stafford went to uh, high school in yes, Texas? I okay. do know that. Just okay. curious. Yeah. Um, the biggest question: He's a three-star kid, but he's got you know offers from Penn State, Pitt, Oklahoma State, Houston, Kentucky, Colorado, West Virginia. This is one of those kids, kind of like Caden uh, Hauser, the Michigan State quarterback that's coming in, that's already in there right now. This time last year, he was a three-star kid, didn't have much. By the end of the recruiting cycle, he was considered a high four-star kid. He was one of the top quarterbacks. So I say all that to say the biggest question that everybody has asked, well, what does this mean for Dante Moore? The King quarterback, five-star kid, is Michigan State out of the running? And I can tell you, after talking to both sides, no. They are still in the running. Uh, MSU let Dante know. Yeah, hey, this is about to happen. Don't even look over there. We still want you here. We want to bring you to Michigan State. And Dante Moore is still like, yeah, Michigan State's one of his top schools that he is focusing on. So I don't want to shortchange Bo, but it feels like this is, if we can, we'll take both guys and we'll let you compete and let the best man win. But if Dante... You're going to be highly sought after. We don't want to be sitting here holding a bag with no quarterback. So worst case scenario, we got Bo. Best case scenario, we got Bo Bo and Dante Moore. So for those wondering, well, what does this mean? Dante Moore, you know, him and Arch Manning are considered to be the best QBs coming up in this class. Oh, he's in Arch's class? Yeah. That's awesome. He is going to be, you know, he loves Michigan State. He loves Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator. He's going to be making more visits. He was up there. He took pictures with Izzo. He was up there for the Michigan-Michigan State game. He's going to do a lot. And, you know, from talking to some people close to him, the goal, what they would like to see, is him wrapping this thing up in a couple months. Yeah. They don't want this to go all the way to December. Yeah, don't let it linger on they, through your senior season. Sounds even. like they want this thing wrapped up sometime in April, maybe May, but they want this thing over with so he can now focus and do whatever. Dude, I got to give Mel Tucker a ton of credit in he recruits every position multiple times. And and you see it with his running backs that he brings in. When you see the kid Berger come in from Wisconsin, you're like, okay, that's it. That's yeah. nice. And then you go and get, oh, a four-star recruit. Oh, well, yeah. that's great. And then they go and get Colorado's transfer. Right, and sorry, all those yeah. players are looking at it like, oh, crap, does that take away from me? No. But at the same time, I think these kids are all embracing Dude, it. Dude, it's the SEC style and it's the SEC way. You yeah. ever notice that when somebody gets hurt in the SEC, it's next man up and next man up, is usually pretty good. Yeah, and and that's what I'm seeing. Is but that- before, you're right. It's like, okay, we got this guy. We got this running back. We can't bring any other. He gets hurt, and now you're stuck with a bunch of third and fourth string guys. Right. And, and, no, we're going to replace. And he always says, compete to play, compete to stay. That's his mantra. 100%. And, bet- and he's showing that. Yeah, he, he's bringing in all these running backs and saying, guys, I don't care about your ego. I'm playing the best guy. And I think a kid like Carol Joyner is a prime example. I don't know the young man, but I have to expect that he is a very classy young man because he was brought in with Kenneth Walker. I expected he thought he was going to probably play a lot more than he did. He didn't, Kenneth, and he supported him every which way down the field. Mm-hmm. And then to not transfer after that, seeing all these other backs coming in, 
You know what I mean? And and maybe that's the, a thing that he's getting with the transfer kids that he knows that once they commit here, it's very hard for them to go transfer again and sit out another year and go on. So I'm not saying you're stuck, but they're buying into whatever he's selling there in East Lansing, and it's very impressive. So You yeah. see a lot of schools that two big quarterbacks go in, one's gone. One's gone. So, yeah, they, I got Bo Edmondson out of Colorado – I mean, out of uh, Texas – they're still very much in play for Dante Moore. Dante Moore is still very much in play for Michigan State. Uh, he, he, Michigan State is part of his final group that they're trying to look at. And, yeah, they want this thing to be over as soon as possible. So maybe in a couple months he decides whatever school he's going to go to, and then you'll know. But he's very high on MSU. He was close to Josh Gaddis and, you know, the new OC is going to have to come in. Well, the new upgraded OCs are going to have to make up some time because that was his connection there. So they got some work to do to try to make sure that Michigan stays in the loop with him. So questions? Yeah. Should Michigan State only wear the gruff Sparty shorts? I feel like they haven't lost in them. Yeah, it, it kind of goes to how it reminds me of the year when um, Cash's final year in 2020 when they needed all those games at the end to get a good spot and try to win the Big Ten. Yeah. And they just went to the black uniforms. Yeah, the black with the neon green. Yeah. Loved they went it. to the black with the neon greens. That became their jerseys. I think even last year's team, they wore some uniform when they every game that they won, their big games, they played. I know so, it's weird, yeah. but. Maybe, just... No, no. Maybe they have to go to the Gruffs Party shorts. Because I noticed they didn't wear them last night. They didn't. They also don't sell them, just in case you were wondering. Because Mike was like, yeah, they're not wearing the gross parties? No, they're going to lose. That was the last thing he told me before I left and went out. Really? Yeah, he was like, they're wearing the gross party shorts, right? I was like, no, nah, the regular, nope, they're going to lose this yeah, game. I, I find that so curious. Who chooses that game in and game out? You know what I mean? Like, It's the seniors, I think. And I, and I do think that, you know what, if you come out there, maybe somebody says, you know what, let's just wear these shorts from here on out. Yeah. And it's happened before. Like I said, they wore the black caches. Hey, because it, even though it's superstitious and it's silly. It's a comfort it's, thing it, too, right? It's a confidence thing. Yeah. It's like if you go to a job interview and you wear your lucky power tie, you feel like a superhero in this tie. You well, have more confidence. And that's how I felt when I would buy Air Jordans when I was in high school. I would put them on. It's not like today where I wouldn't wear them. No, I would go straight to the gym with them on my feet. And all of a sudden, I felt like I could jump a little higher, run a little faster. Not saying that it ever happened. Obviously, it did. Yeah. But it, it's just you're you're right. It's it, you dress to play the part, right? And yeah. I don't know. It, it's just a funny little question that I had about it. So yeah, let's hope that 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 happens. So, all right, for Evan Jenkins, I'm Rico Beard. Thanks for listening to the Five Star Zone. Make sure you subscribe to it. Tell your friends. We'll be back next week.